I was scrolling because I just wasn't catching my shelf, my shelf, myself. And I was scrolling and scrolling and I realized I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little icky. I don't feel very good. Again, I'm thankful that I've done so much work that I was able to catch it. I closed the app. Notice how both of these end with me closing the apps and going to do something else. Hmm, it's almost like that's a huge part of it. What is up, sweet, beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast, where we discuss perfectionism, productivity, goal setting, and living an imperfectly full life in the 21st century. I'm your host, now and always, Nicole Baker. I'm a coach for high-achieving perfectionists, and I am a goal-setting and productivity master who believes that we can live a full life of our dreams without the burnout and the hustle. And today we are talking about something that is very linked to both of those things, and that is social media. Now, before we dive into the episode, dive into all the nits, the grits, all the little details, I want to start off by saying I wanted to approach this episode more objectively than one might assume. We hear social media, especially when we link it to perfectionism, and it's immediately negative. It's all the mental health side effects. It's all the productivity side effects. It's all the things that it's eating up for you. And while, yes, we're going to talk a lot about that, we got some studies, we got some statistics, all that stuff pulled for this. But I wanted to also make sure we hit on, okay, social media is here for a reason. It is used for a reason. What are the benefits? What are some of the things that we gain from social media? So in addition to maybe the not so um, pretty side of the social media world, I also wanted to hit on the side of the social media world that gives us a little something. Because again, it was made for a reason. Every single product, every single app, every single service-based business, it is created so that you can have a problem solved. So that we have something that was in our life and it's no longer anymore, or we were missing something and now it's there. And if we're really boiling down business 101, that's really it. And obviously, social media is businesses creating these apps that we use every day. So I wanted to take a more objective approach. However, in addition to the negatives, in addition to the benefits, I also wanted to hit on what can we do about this? We're going to talk a lot about data. We're going to talk a lot about, in a fun way, I know that sounds like, oh God, back to science class. No, we're going to talk about it in a fun way. We're going to talk a lot about some things that I personally have struggled with, some things that I have gained from social media. But then what are we going to do with this information? Because knowledge is nothing without action. I'm a big believer in that. And honestly, the more and more I spend um, coaching, the more and more I spend learning about the brain the more and more that I see how action is truly the missing key for so many people. So I wanted to devote an entire section of the podcast to what can we do about this with social media. But let's first start off with some general statistics. So according to Harvard Health, there is a reason why social media is so addictive, and it's because of this beautiful little neurotransmitter called dopamine. Now, you've probably heard of dopamine. It is the pleasure and the motivation neurotransmitter. There's three different good, quote-unquote, neurotransmitters, and this is one of them that tends to hit more in that motivation, that pleasure. Things like sex, fresh-baked cookies, um, checking something off your to-do list, making progress on your goals. These are all hits of dopamine. But things like heroin, alcohol, cocaine, the lottery, these are all also huge dopamine releasers. Hence one of the reasons why they are all so addictive. Gambling is also one I did not mention. That is a huge dopamine hit. So social media was created by these incredibly smart inventors because it is designed to give us dopamine hit after dopamine hit after dopamine hit, making it highly addictive. So things that give us dopamine on the app are seeing that we have a liked post 
or a story, seeing that we have a DM, um, seeing that we're connecting with someone is also a dopamine hit. Scrolling through videos um, is absolutely a dopamine hit. And in fact, uh, scrolling through videos lights up the same areas of our brain as awaiting lottery numbers, not getting the lottery numbers, awaiting the lottery numbers. So that's why a lot of the times we don't just scroll through one video. We don't just scroll through five minutes. We scroll through like 30 minutes. And in fact, there's something called the 30 minute effect that's basically says on average, when we open up social media, and this could be TikTok, this could be Instagram, this could be Twitter, we start scrolling and suddenly 30 minutes have passed by. And it's like, whoa, oh my God, I didn't even notice it. So how much time do we actually spend on social media per day? First and foremost, you can actually check. Um, there is a section, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know for Androids, but I know for Apple users, there's a section on your phone that you can go to on screen time and see how much time you spend on social media. You know what? I got so curious, so I actually did grab my phone. So I, on my screen time, I looked at what my social use was just for yesterday. Oh boy. And it was two hours and four minutes. Um, now I'm looking also at like the weekends and it's 47 minutes and oh God, I'm not even going to say Friday. It was upwards of four hours. We're going to turn that off. <laughs> okay. So the reason I think it's really good to know, and I really want to make sure that we're touching on this in a totally sham-free way. This is an app designed to keep us on the flipping app. And it, it even like, so on average, people actually use about two and a half hours of social media per day. Now, you might be higher, you might be lower. Again, you can find your own screen times on there. But when people are on the app and they're infinitely scrolling for more information, it triggers that similar that similar cognitive reward system as like, you know, getting food or again, like I said earlier, anticipating a lottery ticket. So I want to say all of this blanket statement over this episode, because we are going to be talking a lot about our own personal social media usage. I'm going to be pulling back the curtain on some things that I've done with social media that have made me oh so very sick and things that have made me feel really, really good. And I want to preface this that this is a completely shame-free zone. This is a um we're just we're not even gonna touch on uh judgment or anything like that here because to be honest, again, these apps are designed to keep us scrolling. So a recent study that I was reading and anticipating this episode was really stood out to me because um, you know, we hear so often okay, social media is not good for me. I feel, you know, comparison or I feel anxiety. So a few researchers, um, I think this was two years ago, took about 154 study subjects and they randomly assigned all these 154 people, half of them to quit social media for a week and half to carry on as normal with their online habits. No different. Like don't use it more, don't use it less, just absolutely the same. And at the end of the week, the researchers were flabbergasted because there was such a major difference. The people who quit social media had so much less anxiety, so much less depression, and much higher overall well-beings. Now, on the flip side, the people who continued on as normal, again, not using it more, not using it less, continued on as normal, showed higher, higher measures of anxiety, depression, and they had a less overall well-being. And this also, I should preface, this group was done with a variety of ages and genders and social economic backgrounds. So that control group just basically went out the window. It did not matter. Um, I should also say most of the scientists after this completely deleted their social media accounts, which I found a little funny. So Let's start off really going into the downsides of social media. Um, and I'm going to start with the most common one that I hear as a coach and the most common one I experience as a user. And it's no shock for perfectionists that the number one is comparison. If we're scrolling through social media and we're looking at person achieving something, person selling something, person having a huge milestone, person hitting a goal, we're going to naturally start comparing them to ourselves. 
But because our brain is very all or nothing designed, we're working on it, but it is very all or nothing designed. We're going to say, oh, well, because I just scrolled and saw 20 people achieving 20 different things, that means I'll never amount to anything. That means I suck. That means I'm um, not working hard enough. That means I'm lazy. That means I'm never going to amount to anything. I mean, just go down the list. And in fact, this happened to me recently um, where I was on uh, TikTok and I saw that an old friend of mine was blowing up on there. I mean, just like like 3 million views on her like fourth video. And I started getting furious. <laughs> I said things in my head like I've been co- posting for four years like and she posts like her fourth video and this happened and like oh my god like you know like why won't this ever happen for me and like I saw her like gaining thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of followers and I was like oh my gosh like it's never gonna happen for me I'm never gonna get that many like and I just went down this rabbit hole and to be honest I was beating myself up so hard. I finally, thank God, I finally caught myself because I was like, wait a second, like something doesn't feel right here. Let's just turn this app off and let's just go do something else. Now, three years ago, Nicole could not have done that. I have done a lot of mental training to get to that point. So I turned it off. I went and did something else. And then I was able to come back later and I was like, wait a second, this person shared a video of a really cool project of a really cool project that even I was like, I want to follow this. I'm, I'm interested in this. So I actually became one of her thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. But I was like, you know what? Like this is her just sharing her experience that only she can share. Only she can. It's a very unique story. And why would I compare myself to her? We're on very different missions. And just because she had this happen why does that mean it will never happen for me? That doesn't mean anything. There is infinite amount of views, of followers, of whatever on this platform. It's not fixed. It's not because they have 10,000, you can't have 10,000, but yet our mind thinks like that. Um, another example recently was last night I was scrolling because... <laughs> I just wasn't catching my shelf, my shelf, myself. And I was scrolling and scrolling and I realized I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little icky. I don't feel very good. Again, I'm thankful that I've done so much work that I was able to catch it. I closed the app. Notice how both of these end with me closing the apps and going to do something else. Hmm, it's almost like that's a huge part of it. So I closed the app and I actually ended up going over to my email just because something in my gut was like, hey, like, you should probably check this. And I had an email written from someone who did the New Year bundle. And it was one of the best emails I've ever received as a coach. It is the reason why I do what I do. It was someone telling me what a big impact it made, how excited they are, what they're taking action on, what they've already achieved in just two weeks that they never thought was possible. And they rounded it out with like, I cannot thank you enough for all the things that you've done for me. And that's just with this $23 thing. And I just sat there and cried, if I'm being honest. And it wasn't tears of sadness. It was tears of just complete joy. And I'm not going to lie, a little bit of you idiot. <laughs> like, because in a fun way, not in a bad way. Um, because I realized I was down on myself. I was angry at myself. I was saying all these horrible, horrible things to me because I wasn't getting those flashy in your face numbers on social media last night. And by the way, I was scrolling through people who were getting those flashy things on social media. And there my brain said, because they have it, you can't have it. And I ended up reading something that made none of that matter. None of it. Because that is why I do what I do. And so I actually have a, um, a folder in my email and in my photos of screenshots or emails that people have sent me that are just like, uh, 
life-changing. I don't know how else to say it. It's just, it, it is again, the reason why I do what I do. And, um, again, I've been doing this for four years. They build up over four years and I'm so thankful. And because of that, because of that example last night, I kind of made a promise to myself. I was like, okay, you know, as much as I want to say, I will never doom scroll again. I also know brains don't work like that. And I'm going to work on lessening it as much as possible. But I also want to have something to replace it with. And we'll talk this a little bit more later. But having that folder to just like, okay, if I'm feeling bad, if I'm feeling like I'm comparing myself to other people, let's just immediately get off and go do something else. So comparison if we're looking at the major downsides of social media, comparison is the number one. Now, it's not just comparison. This leads to anxiety, low self-esteem, depression, um, and a whole sleuth of other just really tough and difficult and, and horrible things. And especially for perfectionists who live in that all or nothing, who feel like they have to be at a certain standard. And if they're not there, then they suck. They're not enough. Who are always looking for the next goal, who are always trying to get the next hit, the next hit, the next hit. If you're scrolling through social media, there is an infinite amount of things that you compare yourself to. There's an infinite amount of, oh, they hit the next thing. They hit the next thing. They hit the next thing. And here's the deal. Our brain doesn't work in the way that it distinguishes that if you scroll through 50 different people, that those are 50 different people. Our brain says, oh, people achieved 50 different things. I've achieved nothing. Do you see the difference? It's not, oh, here's 50 people all achieving one different thing. Who knows how long they've been working on it? Who knows how much money they put into it? Who knows um, uh, what their experience was with it? Who knows the amount of times they cried into their pillow because it wasn't working? We don't think like that. We instead just see the flashy end. And then say, well, fuck, I'm not enough. So that is the number one biggest thing. And especially as a coach, the one thing I hear almost every single coaching practice, whether it's a discovery call, whether it's a group call, whether it's a one-on-one call, if we're talking about social media and it's a hard conversation around social media, it is always rooted in comparison every time. So that is not something to take lightly. Number two on the downsides of social media is the productivity element of it and it being a massive time suck. I just shared my numbers with you from yesterday were two hours. And I think that that was the day that I was spending a lot of time creating on social media. But I'm going to be real. I scrolled a little because I'm a human. But on average, if we're opening up our phone, our brain will naturally, by habit, go straight to the app of our choosing, which normally is a social media app, whether that's TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram, whatever, Facebook. We will naturally just go there by habit. Even if we went on our phone to check our text messages, our the weather, like I have opened up the phone so many times to check the weather. And then I'm like, wait, why am I on Instagram? (laughs) So many times. So the time suck element costs us not only hours because we're scrolling, 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 but because a lot of us have notifications turned on. And I will tell you, turning off notifications from social media was one of the smartest things I've ever done. And I've done it for, I think I actually had it in place when I first started my business. I'm so glad I had it like that. So having the notifications on, if you're in flow, if you're writing something, if you're working on a project and then you see a social media ding, again, that that drop of dopamine happens and we are immediately reaching for our phone, which then cuts us off from flow state, which then cuts us off from being able to flow words out of us to be able to stay in that state where everything feels really easy and fun. And it's like, again, flowing out of you. So Um, I've shared this on the podcast many a time, but if you have not read Limitless by Jim Quick and you're interested in the brain and productivity, oh my God, go listen to it, go read it, whatever you want to do. It is phenomenal. But one of the things that Jim Quick talks about is how if we get a notification, if we're in flow state, we get a notification, we have something come across our email from our, uh, from our computer, um, a calendar notification. I mean, whatever it is. It takes us on average 
23 minutes and 43 seconds to get back into flow state. Now, that sounds all well and good. 23 minutes, 43 seconds. Oh, okay, I'll just wait. No, we don't do that. We don't wait. We don't have the patience for that in the 21st century as much as that irks me. But instead, oh God, I'm not really feeling motivated anymore. I'll just scroll through social media. And we don't really say that. We just immediately reach for our phone because it's habit. It is one of the biggest time sucks in our business, in our creativeness, creativeness, in our relationships. I mean, I've had many conversations with people who um, are like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I don't really like know my partner or I feel like I don't really like feel connected with them anymore. And I was like, okay, tell me about like a normal night for you guys. And they're like, well, we're both on our phones. We're watching a thing, but we're both on our phones scrolling through social media. And I'm like, okay, there's not a there, there's no way that this is a coincidence that these two things are not connected. And I did a little research. Turns out they absolutely are connected because you are in the same room as someone does not mean you're connecting with them, especially if you're both on your phone. Um, so Brett and I actually, quite a while ago, we, we made a unwritten rule. It's, it's, really, we never, I don't know if we actually ever really talked about it, but it's, if we're hanging out, we are not at our phones. If we like, if we need to check something, we'll be like, Hey, give me just one second. I need to check something real quick, but it is never like we're in a conversation and I just grab my phone or we're never watching. Um, you know, <laughs> we're off watching a formula one race right now. We're watching all of the formula one races from last year because we got hooked on drive to survive. If you haven't watched it, it's phenomenal. It's on Netflix. Just it's, it's cars go vroom and, um, a lot of, like almost reality, but sports reality. I'm not a sports person and I love it. It's very, very good. But um, we we have this unwritten rule that if we're, you know, hanging out together, if we're watching TV together, if we're connecting together, if we're on a date together, we are not on our phone unless we need to check something and then we let each other know. And that is... I think one of the main reasons why we do feel very connected together, we don't really have our phones in between us. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, changes, uh, number three, the downsides of social media, it changes our brain and how we view timelines. Now I kind of hit on this in the comparison section, but let's just expand on this for a second. If I am seeing someone achieving a goal or even like, um, uh, here's an example I heard not too long ago. Um, someone was on social media and they saw a travel blogger and they immediately were like, oh my God, oh, I'll never have what they have. I'll never be able to travel. I'll never move. I'll never do da da da. And I asked them like, why? Like, why not? And they're like, cause I'm not there already. And I'm like, do you think that they just plopped down in the middle of this travel experience? Do you think that they didn't work hard for this or, you know, save up money or do a lot of research and then finally take the plunge and then they were freaking out? Oh, my God, I'm traveling alone. What the hell am I going to do? Oh, my God, what if, what if, what if? Oh, my God. But I, they got out of their comfort zone and they did it anyway. And then after a lot of research and a lot of work, they ended up here. They were like, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess that is true. We have something called I want it now syndrome. And a lot of this is because things like Google, we get infinite amount of search results in like 0.25 milliseconds. We're able to answer any question at the drop of a hat. And we're also able to scroll through social media and see people at the end of their goals, at the finish line, achieving things or celebrating things, especially being, oh God, being in the coach world. It's so many people sharing their incomes every single month. And, um, you know, you'll see people saying, I made $59,000 this month. I made $20,000 this month. And you suddenly are like, oh my God, I suck. But here's the deal. We don't know how much money they spent on ads. We don't know how much money they um, spent on a team. We don't know how long they've been in business. We don't know all the hustle that they've done, if they've done any. We don't know any of that. We just see the end flashing up because they're sexy. Of course we do. But then we have this thing in our brain that's like, oh my God, I'll never make it to that because I'm not there now. And it's totally fucking our brain over. We have forgotten how to enjoy the journey. We've forgotten that there's even a fucking journey to begin with. And it's blowing my mind 
And I've also totally fallen victim of this thinking. You are allowed to take your time. It does not happen overnight. I love I love the quote, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. I'm going to say that again. It takes 10 years to be an overnight success. <sighs> Allow yourself to remember that this takes time. In a minute, at the very at the towards the end of this episode, we're going to be talking about what are some things you can remind yourself, almost like a mantra as you're going through social media. That is a really good one. Shit takes time. I don't know the backstory to this. Tell your brain that there's so much more than you are seeing right now online. Last but not least, on the downsides of social media, we're also just hitting the main downsides, by the way. Um, I bet there's a million of them. I bet you personally have some that we're not even talking about on here. But just these are the main ones that I've been hearing in the past four years as a coach and the ones that I've been experiencing as a consumer. The last one is disruptive sleep and morning scrolling. Um, oh, the whole blue light thing at night. I'm going to be so straight with you guys. I don't know if that works on me. <laughs> um, I don't scroll on my phone at night. I have um, a very specific nightly routine where after I'm done washing my face, brushing my teeth, flossing, all that good stuff, I get in bed and I open up an app that Brett and I both have together. It's an app that asks us a question every single day and we get to answer it. Um, and then we get to see each other's answers and it's always about the relationship. It's really great. I love it. Um, it's called paired P A I R E D by the way, and it's free. I enjoy it. Um, but then after paired, I go into my fish game and I play little games with fish <laughs> until I'm like, okay, I'm sleepy. Like, I'm going to go to bed. Um, it's called Fishdom, by the way. It's dumb and fun, and I love it. But the reason I had to put these in place is because I was scrolling. Because I was like, oh, I have nothing else to do. I might as well just scroll. And I didn't like that. I did not like doing that right before bed at all. So I play my little fish game. And then once we're at a point where we go to bed, Brett and I have a series of YouTube videos or YouTube channels that we like to watch videos from. And then eventually we fall asleep. I'm normally out within the first 15 seconds of the first video because I have a magical ability to fall asleep. And I don't say that like, mm -hmm, look at me. I said that like, it's just always been a part of me. Who knows? My mom was telling me, she's like, I was like that until I had kids. So enjoy it while it lasts. And I'm like, Thanks. That sounds great. Um, but the the blue light from the computer just has never really bugged me. So, but I know that there's a lot of research. I'm not going to go into it because we probably all heard it. You shouldn't do blue light two hours before bed, yada, yada, yada. Now, however, if you are awake in the middle of the night and you reach for your phone and you start scrolling, you're going to get those dopamine hits. Guess what's not a sleep hit? It's dopamine. Dopamine is very much the opposite of a sleep hit. So the reason I've, I've talked to a lot of people and they've been like, I have a really bad sleep pattern. You know, I'm just up for hours in the middle of the night. And I ask them, I'm like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I scroll through social media. I watch videos. And I'm like, okay, how do you think that's helping you right now? <laughs> and they laugh and they're like, oh, it's not helping me at all. So here's something that I do. And it works for me because I've seen this show a million times. I don't need to watch the end of it because I know what happens. But I actually turn on Gilmore Girls and I listen to it. Note I said listen, not watch. I turn off my phone. I close the um, close the screen. So it's just playing audio. And then I'm able to fall asleep very quickly, like very quickly. But the reason is because A, I'm not getting the dopamine hits. B, I already know what freaking happens. It's just a way to fill my ears. And I know we just did an entire episode on not filling your ears, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to think and listen to my thoughts at three in the morning. That's just not what I want to do. I will instead want to fill my ears with something that's basically white noise so I can fall asleep. And it works really, really well. Before Gilmore Girls, I was listening to Friends. Um, and that worked really well until they took it off Netflix and I didn't have HBO at the time. But that is something that's worked really well for me. However, it has been massively proven that so many people, when they are going to social media in the middle of the night, they are actually going to be up for much, 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 much longer. So I hate to be like, stop scrolling social media at night, but 
stop scrolling social media at night. Um, in addition to that, morning scrolling. Um, so often our alarm goes off, but we're groggy. We don't want to get out of bed. It's warm. It's cozy, especially here in the winter. So we reach for our phone and we start scrolling. And then time goes by. Now, here's two things I've noticed from morning scrolling. Number one, it massively increases anxiety throughout the day. Massively. Like, I can tell an exact difference between myself and my clients between when we are scrolling in the morning and when we're not scrolling in the morning. In fact, I had a client just recently, she stopped the pattern about two weeks ago, and she is kicking ass. It has literally changed her motivational pattern. It's insane. Like, just, it's crazy. Stop scrolling. Um, But how do we do that? We're going to talk about that more later in the, like, what do we do about this section? But, like, just keep in mind that not only does it increase your anxiety, but it also wastes so much of your time. And so many people are like, I want to do a morning routine. I want to do a morning routine. But then they scroll through social media for 30 minutes and they're like, oh, fuck, I don't have time to do my morning routine now. I'll just go get ready really, really quick and then get into work. And that, again, for looking at anxiety, massively increases anxiety. Not to mention, going back to our very first one, comparison. If the first thing you're doing in the morning is comparing yourself to a bunch of other people, how do you think that's going to help you? How do you think that's going to help your motivation? It doesn't. It makes you feel like absolute shit on a stick. First thing in the morning to the point where you are like, oh my God, I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm never like, why even bother? And then you don't do anything for your goals, for yourself, for your well-being, those new habits you've been thinking about for forever, that you said, 2023, this is my year, I'm going to input these habits. You don't do them because you're already talking down to yourself with low self-esteem. Stop it. I, I, I so actively do not morning scroll ever because it was so, it, it, like, it was just one of the worst things I noticed for myself and what I was what I was creating throughout the day. Um, in addition, I know we're not talking about email, but in addition, email, I'm going to slide that one on in here too, because I know a lot of people check their email first thing in the morning. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Because then you are checking your email. And if you see an urgent message from someone that's actually not urgent, you're just making it urgent in your head. Then you're going to be like, oh my God, I need to get up. I need to, I need to, you know, email this person back. And then suddenly your morning's not yours anymore. It's suddenly urgent. Everything is urgent. And then that stays with you throughout the day. So just something to think about. Okay. We talked about the negatives. We've talked about all the downsides of social media. Let's go through some positives. Let's talk about what are some things that are actually beneficial from social media. Now, I want to start this with an LOL moment because in my research for this episode, I was, you know, researching, okay, like what are some, you know, studies that have done, you know, around social media that show good results, that show that it benefits you. And I saw this one from Harvard and I was like, yes, Harvard's a very trusted news source. I'm excited about this. So I start reading the, uh, the research and it's like, okay, like, you know, it like helps people's mental health and it's very vague. And then at the bottom, it was literally like, it doesn't, actually help. There's actually more studies coming out right now that it's massively hurtful for your for your mental health. And I just I literally just started laughing because I was like, okay, Harvard, I hear you. <laughs> it just made me laugh. Now here's the deal. Um there are there are benefits to social media. We wouldn't be using it if there were not benefits to social media. Let's talk about some that Harvard did not help me with. I came up with these separate. Um, But these are some that I've seen people get massive benefits out of. Number one, especially if you are a business owner or creative or even if, uh, hell, if you're just a normal average person in the 21st century, you can receive messages from people that maybe you posted something and they're like, oh my God, I really needed to hear this today. Thank you. Those messages are just like, oh God, thank you. Like that makes me feel so good. You're able to receive messages from people saying kind things, um, you know, thanking you for things. And by the way, you're also able to send those messages. Excuse me. 
And actually, research is showing more and more recently that true happiness comes from not only self-acceptance, not only self-love, but also giving love to others, thanking others, wishing others well. There's a great exercise that takes five seconds a day. And it's visualizing someone. It's someone you know. It can be someone you don't know, someone you admire, someone you just know through social media. And just like visualizing them and saying, I wish you well. I wish you happiness. I wish you love and joy. That's it. And it is massively increased people's happiness. It's crazy. So you're able to not only give, but you're also able to receive those types of messages that are showing huge research for happiness and joy throughout your day. Woohoo! You're also able to connect with people. No shit, Sherlock Nicole. Of course we're able to connect with people. It's called social media. Did you know that in the last year, the word manifesting was searched on Google more than 700% than any other year? 700%. In fact, research is now showing that in order to master sustainable, healthy goal setting, visualization and manifestation are a must-know skill. So if you are one of these searchers, or if you've just been curious about getting into a manifesting practice but it feels intimidating. I mean, who the heck even has time for that? Or you just don't really understand the woo-woo behind it and you just can't really get into it. Or you are only finding generic manifestations that just don't do diddly squat for you. If you have been wanting to start a manifestation practice and you just don't know where to begin, then I have something just for you. Introducing the Visualization Vault. Seven visualizations to manifest your dreams and change your brain. The Visualization Vault is packed with seven different visualizations, all in each main category of our lives. Want to manifest more money? Yep, there's a visualization just for that. What about manifest the partner of your dreams? Absolutely, there is one on that too. What about health, energy, career, confidence, self-love? Yes, there is a visualization for each one of those categories. Now, odds are if you're new to visualization or if you've really struggled to get into it in the past, this might sound intimidating, but don't worry, I got you. I created a specific visualization that is just for you and made specifically for the beginner visualizer in mind. This is unlike any other visualization practice you've done because it uses techniques from new neuroscience research that activates the manifesting part of your brain instantly, whether you're a noob or a total expert. But that's not all. In the Visualization Vault, I also have a audio training that teaches you the science behind visualization, why your brain actually changes from using visualization, and exactly how it helps you go after your goals. Now, you might be asking, Nicole, seven visualizations, aren't these all going to be the same type of visualization and you just plug in the different word for each category? And the answer is no. Each One of these visualizations uses a different visualization technique to activate the part of your brain that the category lives in. It is so freaking cool, and I cannot wait for you to get your hands on it. You can get the Visualization Vault and have instant downloadable access to all seven visualizations. Yes, you can download them straight to your phone. No need to log into an app or anything. You can just have them right there, and you get instant access to the scientific breakdown all by clicking the link in the show notes. Again, instant access to everything in the visualization vault, all by clicking the link in the show notes. I cannot wait for you to change your brain with me. I cannot wait for you to manifest your dreams with me. All of it is in the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Now, when we're connecting with people, we're able to talk to people we know. Um, we're able to, you know, see uh, photos and adventures from people we didn't know for or we haven't talked to in a really long time and we can reconnect with them. You know, there's so many like, oh, you can connect with more people. If, if you're a business owner, if you're someone in my position where I'm trying to like make this huge impact of like, how do we, you know, get rid of perfectionism in our lives? How do we increase our productivity in the most healthy way? How do we learn how to rest? How do we learn how to, you know, enjoy our goals as a process rather than a huge burst of burnout? And I'm able to connect with new people that I wouldn't have been able to 
without social media. In fact, one of my best friends in Denver, Amber, I met through social media. And she and I now have like monthly meetups and we are like each other's biggest cheerleaders. And without social media, I would not have met her. In fact, I have a friend coming into town. Brittany shouts to you if you're listening. I'm so excited to see you. Um, Friend coming into town, Brittany, and she's coming into town later this month. I met her through social media. I met her through a masterclass that we did that connected everyone through social media. And I'm so excited to see her. I'm so, so, so excited. So it it gives you the opportunity to connect with people. However, I think a lot of us has lost the, oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be connecting with people on here. It's more, ooh, let me show how good I am. Let me show how many views I can get. Let me show how likes, how many likes I can get. Let me show my amazing life through stories. Instead, this app was made to connect with people. And I think if we get back to that root, and I need to remind myself of this, I'm so raising my hand here, but bringing back to that, it, it, it really, it, it's, it's huge for our, you know, one, one of our number, like number one human needs, which is connecting. So cool stuff. Um, creativity number three, we are able to, be so flipping creative. It is a huge creative outlet without, especially I'm going to do short form video content because with TikTok and Instagram reels, like that has changed the game. I know that Vine used to be a thing, but now it's a lot easier for people to edit and and make these videos in the apps. And it's huge creative outlet for so many people. In fact, so many people are able to build businesses just by being their creative selves and being weird and being fun and having this joy. I mean, like, um, one of the people I enjoy so much following is Elise Myers. She is hilarious. I really enjoy her. And she was able to build this huge career just on being creative. And I just, I, and I'm also very vulnerable as well. She's very, very vulnerable and extremely talented. I should say her music is amazing, but, um, we're able to now show that, especially going to musicians now, you're able to spread your music so much easier. I have a friend who I did voice with for so long who just blew up on TikTok because she started creating um, and showing her music on there. And it's very, very good. So, you know, it's 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 such a huge creative outlet for people who maybe would have been creatively frustrated without it. Um, in addition to that, kind of like a sub point of that, it is a awesome ability for us to find our own voice. Now, this is a certain group of people, and I think that they need to have a certain mindset when they're going into um, social media. But when you are going into it with, let me just try shit out. Let me, um, you know, be me. Let me just be authentic and find my voice. And, you know, um, I I learned how to speak. Um, I'm now like a professional speaker. I learned how to speak by talking into a phone by talking into this microphone, by talking and doing stories on social media. I learned how to develop the skill through that. Without it, it would have been a very different experience. I know a lot of you would not be listening to this podcast. We would not be a top 15% podcast on Spotify without social media because that was one of the ways we got the word out about the show. But it also is a great, 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 great ability for you to get out of your comfort zone. It's an awesome practice for you to get out of your comfort zone and show more of you, show, get weird, get silly, be more authentic, which is a very scary thing, but I'm so excited. It's becoming more and more, uh, I don't want to say popular because I feel like that's almost the antithesis of authenticity, but it's becoming more and more common on social media in 2023. Um, a few more rapid fire ones. Building a business obviously is a huge thing for social media. Um, and also with that learning and education, being able to share, um, you know, new studies on neuroscience or new things that you can use for perfectionism to, to, um, you know, rewrite your brain and feel really good and confident in your day to day. I'm going to put an asterisk here, a major, major, major asterisk here from trusted news sources. <laughs> Please, <laughs> please always trusted news sources. So 
Um, but a lot of people are building businesses, not just social media influencer businesses. I'm talking like, um, you know, I, I built a lot of my coaching business through social media. A lot of people have found me because of social media. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people are building podcasts. They're building products um, because they're able to make reels about their earrings that they're selling. Like there's so much good. And people have these side hustles, these passion projects. They're able to make full-time businesses because of using social media. So there's a lot of positives to it. And I'm actually feeling a little high on social media right now. (laughs) Good job, guys. So let's move to number three of this, part three of this episode, which is, okay, we know the negatives. There's a lot. We know the positives. There's a lot more than I thought there would be. Now, how do we use this information to develop a healthy relationship with social media? What do we do with this now? And my overall conclusion is social media is awesome. If, asterisk again, if you are using social media, it is a tool for you rather than letting social media use you. Social media is wonderful. If you are in control. And I'm not talking about control, the perfectionist control where we're taught, we're constantly like gripping um, and bracing and constantly like in a state of stress of control. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, I know I'm in the driver's seat of social media. So one of the things I would start asking yourself is, and I'd ask yourself right now, as you're listening to this episode, how much time do you actually want to spend on social media? And don't just say, oh, I don't know, like an hour a day. Get exact. Is it an hour? Is it 45 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? I have a limit on my phone for 30 minutes. Clearly, it's not working. After this, I'm actually um, putting in a new app that completely shuts off your um, apps that you put limits around. So there's a few. um, Let me pull them up real quick. Please note that I am in preliminary research with all of these. I have not used any of these, but these are just some that came up through my research. Um, Freedom, which is block distractions, off screen. Um, Block site is a good one. I think that's only for like Safari and Chrome though. Block apps. If you literally just Google or excuse me, in your app, um, uh, in your app app on your phone, um, just type in app limits, a lot will come up and you can pick the one that works best for you. Most of them are free, which is awesome. So you're able to put in app limits for your social media. Now you might be saying, but Nicole, there's one through the app on your phone, like especially iPhones, they have, and I think actually Androids as well, and I know Google's as well, they have the ability to, you know, have an app limit. Yes, they do. However, there's a button on the bottom that says ignore limit, and then you can choose 15 minutes, one minute, or ignore limit through the entire day. And after enough presses of that, you get to the point where you're in two hours a day when you put a limit for 30 minutes a day. So I think that if you're brand new to this and you don't want to download a new app, give it a try. And if you can, you know, say, okay, I'm absolutely not going to log on afterward. Great. But if you notice you're still overriding it, I put in another app that actually closes it when you're done. Um, One of my favorite techniques is moving it in your phone. And I mean that by, um, so if my Instagram, which is the one I normally am, am, uh, opening, if my Instagram is on my very first page, I'm going to move it to my second page because my habit is to open up my phone and go to that app. But if it's not there, it jogs this area of my brain called the prefrontal cortex, which is where we make new decisions, which is where we change our brain. So if I say, oh, it's not there. Oh, that's right. I didn't want to use it anymore. Great. I don't need to. It allows you to make new decisions. Now, I've, again, had some people say it works for a little bit, but after a while, it kind of goes away. Then, you know, again, those app limits are great. Another thing I would really strongly encourage you to think about is how do you want to use social media? 
how do you want to use social media? Do you want to use it to gain new followers? Do you want to use it to spread your message? Do you want to use it to continue connecting with people? Do you want to use it? Maybe you're an artist or an actor. I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast who are. Do you want to use it to, um, you know, get creative and, um, and, you know, put your art or put your acting or put your singing up there. There's so many different options. However, if you are saying, okay, I do want to do it, but I want to do it. So I get the most amount of likes as possible. You are setting yourself up to feel like shit. Here's why you are putting your happiness in the app's hands, in the algorithm's hands, in other people's ability to see your stuff and press likes hands. If you instead put the happiness of the app in your hands, I want to be as creative as possible. I want to spread my message. I want to um, connect with new people. That is all in my hands. That is my decision. And I am a lot more in control of my happiness on the app. Um, If you are like, I need to get off of this or I need to massively cut down Here's my recommendation. And again, in addition to putting in the app limits, don't just take it away. Say, I'm not going to do this in the morning. Put something else in place. Are you going to visualize in the morning? You heard in the episode, I have a visualization vault. These are great things to do in the morning. Do one of them in the morning and your whole day is changed. Seriously. Not only are you manifesting, but you're also changing your brain. I talk about it in the vault. It's huge. Shameless plug. But it's it's really, really helpful. I visualize every morning and it is a game changer for me. But that's also because I don't doom scroll anymore. I stopped that. It was not good for me. So are you going to, you know, put on your laces and go to a gym? Are you going to go run outside? Are you going to go get some fresh air? Are you going to take the dog out? What are you going to do instead? And here's one of my favorite hacks, especially if you're a morning scroller. Before you go to bed at night, put a sticky note on your phone. Put a sticky note on your phone that says, like, don't or go do this instead or whatever you want to say or a drawing, however you want to jog your memory that you're not doing this anymore. Because I love the quote, out of sight, out of mind. If we flip it, insight in mind. If you are wanting to make this change, you have to put something in sight that jogs your memory. Oh, that's right. I'm doing this now. So that's a huge one. Um, Now, let's say you're like, okay, but I still want to be on social media, Nicole. How do I reframe comparison? How do I reframe that jealousy that I feel when I see these people achieving amazing things or when I see people blowing up and I'm not doing anything? Here's one of my favorite reframes ever. And I um, got this from Mel Robbins, actually. It's a jealousy reframe. Jealousy is not necessarily bad. Now, before you're like, fuck you, <laughs> like that's not true. Here's what I mean by that. Jealousy is a, you know, this pang of emotion of um, uh, we get this pang in our body that says, oh my God, what they have, I want. Listen to that again. What they have, I want. So many of us are walking around saying, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. If you get that pang of jealousy, there, there's your golden ticket. That's what you want. And again, just because they have it does not mean you don't. Does not mean you can't make the action steps towards getting that. Jealousy, that pang, is actually our body saying, hey, that I want that. I want that. Now I think it needs to be married with patience. And we are massively lacking that. But that jealousy pain can actually work for you rather than be like, oh my God, I'm su- I suck. I'm never going to amount to anything. They're amazing. I'm, I'm horrible. Whatever your narrative is. I mentioned this earlier, putting a mantra around social media as well. If you feel that comparison come up. Oh my gosh, they're, you know, I'm scrolling through social media. There's 40 different people making these amazing amounts of money a month. Why am I not making that amount of money a month? Put a mantra in place that reminds you, oh, I don't know their story. I don't know the full thing here. I don't know their full background. I don't know how much money they put into ads. I don't know how much time they spend on an email campaign. I don't know how much uh, money they're spending on a VA. I don't know how much time they spent reaching out to people offering pre-order spots. I don't know 
Also, how long they've been in business? What's their what's their community like? Is it warm? Is it cold? We don't know. But we just see this fancy number and we say, well, I'm not enough. So put a mantra in place. Put a reminder, a word, a phrase in place that says, hey, you don't know the whole story. You don't know that there's more to the story here. And here's my favorite, one of my favorite things. And we kind of talked about this earlier. If you are noticing that you're in comparison, or if you're just on social media and you're like, oh my God, I feel like shit, turn it off and go do something else. Do not keep scrolling. You are massively hurting yourself if you continue scrolling. Now, here's one of my favorite little hacks. Have something in place already. Go paint, go draw, go walk, go um, watch a video of something you've been wanting to learn. Go sign up for that class you've been talking about for years. Go Go write that business plan that's in your head. Go do something that brings you closer to the person you want to be. And I guarantee you within like five to 10 minutes of doing that exercise, that comparison is gone because you're already filling your own cup back. So for me, this this is a great example of I go and look in my folder of nice notes, of client referral or client testimonials, of things that make me feel like, oh my God, that's right. I am worth something. And I know that sounds really dark, but it helps because then after I'm in that state of like, oh yeah, I am making a big difference. I am doing this. I'm able to go about my day in a very different state. There are so many things that you can do to have a healthy relationship on social media that range from getting the frick off of it to massively limiting it to putting other things in place, having another plan when you are on that app, doing something else. One of my favorite things, because, you know, being a business owner, I create content every week. And in order to create content, I'm on the app. I know that there's a lot of apps that you can create content off of it. To be honest, it's just too much for me. I just do it straight in the thing. And What I do is, first of all, I have my phone on do not disturb because we love it. And then secondly, I put a timer. I have this little cube timer thing um, that I put on my desk for 60 minutes, 30 minutes, depending how long I need. And I just say, okay, do this. Do create as many videos as you can within this 30 minute timer. Go. And for me, that works really well because then I'm not scrolling. I'm not lollygagging. I'm in the zone. So that really, really helps for you content creators out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a lot on social media. I would love to hear from you guys with this episode. I would love to hear from you. Is there something you learned? What is your experience with social media? Is there something you're wanting to put in place? Let me be your accountability buddy here. I would love that. But do something. That is my request. Do something. So if you want to email me, go ahead. Hello at lifecoachbaker.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to also send me a DM on Instagram, that's totally fine too. I'm at lifecoachbaker on Instagram. I would love to hear from you all on this topic. What are you going to do to help yourself on social media to make sure that you are, again, in control, in the driver's seat? You are using it, not it using you. Okay, let's do some rapid fire segments and then say a sweet, beautiful goodbye for the week. Um, First and foremost, this weekend, or at least uh, this weekend when I'm recording this, so it'll be this past weekend when you're listening to this, was my birthday and I have no idea what's going to happen. But as a result of my birthday, I did decide to create something new. You've been hearing about it. It's a visualization vault. I have been requested for this for basically ever since the Black Friday sale of the signature visualization, people loved it so much that they were like, hi, can we get a whole vault of different visualizations? So I have seven different visualizations. They are all different styles. They are in different categories of your life from money to relationships, to love, to um, self-love, to career, confidence, all this different stuff. You are literally getting a vault of seven different styles of of visualization. Now, someone asked me, they were like, okay, but 
are these just going to be the same, like are the same pattern? You're just inserting different words. It's going to be like the same style of visualization, but for one, you insert money, one, you insert relationships. No, 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 no. For each and every single one, I use different visualization styles depending on what needs to be activated in your brain based off neuroscience. So they're all different. We use a lot of neurolinguistic programming if we wanted to get really scientific with it in these visualizations. They were so fun to record. You also might be asking, I've been asked this a few times as well, look, Nicole, I'm new to visualization. It's never worked for me before. I've done it a few times. I couldn't get into it. I couldn't turn my mind off. I couldn't get into my seeing myself because I don't think I'm worthy for you. If this is you, I have a very special visualization just for you. This uses a very particular area of neuroscience. It's called the power of objectivity. And it is a specifically curated visualization for people who struggle with visualization or people who are just brand spanking new to it, who are like, I've never done this before. So that one was really fun to research and record. I had a blast doing that one. And I'm really excited to see people listen to that and be able to finally experience mo- the visualization because it's it's a very different style than the other ones because it's using a different part of your brain to get yourself used to this style of visualization. Now, one of my favorite parts about this is you don't only get the seven visualizations. By the way, you download them onto your phone. That way you don't have to go into an app every time you want to visualize. You just download them straight to your phone. But I also have a audio that is explaining the science behind why visualization works. If you're like me, you like to know the why behind things. You like to know why does this actually work? I love woo-woo. I think it's very interesting, but I like to know the woo-woo science (laughs) for really getting into it. And we do some explaining of that in the beginning of the episode. How does this change your brain? Because it massively changes your brain when you have this habit. And one of my other favorite parts about this is each of these visualizations are under 10 minutes, some of them even under seven minutes. They are short and easy to do every single day. I want you to make a practice out of this and I want it to not be overwhelming. And those times were really, really important to me to keep them short, but incredibly powerful. So if you want to get access to the Visualization Vault, it is in the link in the show notes. Um, I have it just in that plug, but um, I hope you guys enjoy. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, Let's get into segments. So a goal to celebrate. I have been kind of stepping away from running recently. And I realized just like, I really miss this. It's something that not only helps me feel strong, that helps me feel motivated, that helps me feel really in my own body. But it was something that I always like to have that goal, that thing I'm working towards, that thing I have a plan for. And so I finally made a 15K training plan. I was like, I could do a half marathon, but to be honest, I'm in the middle of planning a wedding. I was just like, "Mm, no, (laughs) we're just not going to do that full thing. Um, So did a 15K training plan. I'm really excited. It's for the next 10 weeks. And by the time you're listening to it, I will be in day two of it. No, 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 no. I will be in day five of it. Math is hard. And what was my moment of perfectionism this week? Um, This was less so this week. This is more so this month. But um, one of the things with having a small wedding is I was like, well, if I'm not inviting a bunch of people, I shouldn't even bother having a bridal shower. Why would I do it? Because, you know, I just have like five people that I could invite or, you know, there just doesn't really seem to be any reason behind it. Plus, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of weddings happening next year. There's a lot of stuff happening next year in my family. I don't really need one. And to be honest, that was such a load of BS. I really just felt like I didn't deserve it. And I am someone who I love celebrating others. I love throwing parties or, you know, making someone feel really, really special. But I am someone who doesn't really have that done for me often. And I don't say that in a pity party way. I say that in a, I have set my life up so that I don't need, I don't need that quote unquote. It's really because I don't feel like I deserve it. Um, this is something I'm working through on my own. And I found that in the, thinking about the bridal shower and the different things that I was like, oh, like this is like an experience of having 
a wedding, you know, like of really feeling like a bride, of really feeling like this is like a once in a lifetime thing to celebrate and to do. I realized that I was actually really feeling like I was missing out on something, but I couldn't ask for it because that would be selfish because why would you do that when everyone's, you know, planning on still coming to the wedding and, you know, it's only 35 people. It's so small. And I was just kind of, to be honest, I was just throwing such a little victim pity party about it. I was just being so sad for no reason when I could have asked for it. I was being so silly. Um, However, my future sister-in-law and my sister approached me um, both separately, but um, they said, hey, we're going to throw you a bridal shower. Like, basically, like, not like you're being stubborn, you're being silly, but like, hey, like, do you want one of these? We would love to throw you one. And I burst into tears, <laughs> just on the spot, burst into tears. And it was so overwhelming because of two reasons. One, because I was so excited that someone would think of me and would do that for me. And I, it's just something, again, that I'm just, I'm, I'm not used to curating in my life. And the second reason is because I realized in that moment how much I was being so sad and so like I felt like I was missing out and the fact that they were wanting to do that for me just made me feel so loved and so appreciated so my moment of perfectionism was really just trying to trying to downplay and play small with that which one of my big things for this year is doing the polar opposite I know I have so much more in me and I'm showing up like that in so many different areas of my life but for some reason the wedding and more 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 specifically the the events around the wedding that are focused on me or me and Brett um are still something I'm really working on because I'm just not used to being the center of attention in that way and it is um something I'm just, I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious about, and I know I need to mentally start working on that because I don't want to be at the bridal shower or the bachelor or bachelorette party. We're doing a combined one or, you know, um, the wedding itself and saying, oh my gosh, well, I don't deserve to have everyone's eyes on me. I don't deserve to, you know, be the center of attention right now. And, ooh, <laughs> ooh, that hit home way more than it should have. Um, yeah, it's just something I know I need to work on in in my own self to to have that moment. So some things that I'm going to be doing are thinking about creating a mantra around it. I'm also going to work on visualizing it and visualizing me having joy and fun and um just feeling so in the present moment with it. Um that's huge. So I'm 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 excited to see where this goes and I'll keep you guys posted. Um you guys, you rock. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, a huge thank you to Ariel Villafane. She is our producer, our podcast editor, and my heart and soul. She actually is taking on new clients. So if you are someone who is starting a podcast or if you have a podcast and you want to relinquish the editing, I cannot recommend it enough and I cannot recommend her enough. Her email is in the show notes. I strongly recommend. Also, do not forget to go check out the Visualization Vault. It is in the show notes. Um, it is something that I'm so excited to finally be hitting the hitting the shelves, hitting the hitting the road, be out in the world. And last but not least, please don't forget to rate and review this episode, especially if this episode resonated with you. Send it to a friend, share it on social and tag me at Life Coach Baker. I would love to reshare it and hug you virtually in our connecting on social media. Until next time, you sweet, beautiful friends, I will talk to you soon. Bye.